Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. I'm one of the leaders here, and I have the privilege of uh, setting up what our series or our message for today looks like as we're in the middle of our That One Thing series. So if you haven't been here the past couple of weeks, if you haven't seen online the past couple of weeks, what we've done is we've asked multiple people to answer the question for us. What's that one thing God is saying to you about our church? And these people have gone and they've prayed and they've studied and they've asked God to reveal that to them. And we've had great Sundays, the past two Sundays, hearing from different people. And today's different than that. And it's very, very special because here's what it is. The, the, the people who are sharing with us today, they're not pastors. They're, they're not staff members on a church. They're actually members of our church here who God has spoken to them something specific that, that God wants us to know from him. So the wonderful thing about it is that, that God is speaking to our church about our church. And that is so exciting to me. So, so would you join me in welcoming our first speaker of our sermon message today for that one thing, K.K. Williams. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You guys alive today? Let me hear you. That's okay. Okay, so my name is KK, and I want to thank the pastors for allowing me to come and be a part of this day and just be a part of what God is wanting to speak with you. I do not take it lightly, so it's quite an honor. That one thing that God is wanting me to tell you, the church, the one thing is that God is always looking after you. He is chasing you down. He's wanting to be with you and he is searching you out. There's a story in the Old Testament, and it's in Genesis 16, and the main character in this person is Hagar. Now, I wanna set the stage for you guys that she is a servant. She has no choice in this matter, nothing. She has nothing, nothing to say in this matter. We have Sarah and Abraham, and they are um, quite elderly at this stage, And they were promised years ago that they would have children, and they never did. They never did. So they decided to take matters in their own hands, and they come up with this brilliant idea. I personally do not think it's a brilliant idea, but they did. Sarah goes to Abraham and says, I've got an idea. I want you to sleep with my servant, Hagar, and surely we will have a descendant. Well... This happens, and she becomes pregnant. And she's walking around the camp, and she's probably holding her baby. And just remember, she's a servant. She has no choice to do this. So in the background, Sarah's getting angry. She's getting frustrated, and she begins to treat Hagar, I'm just going to say it, like trash. She... Sarah goes to Abraham, and Abraham says, do what you want with her. I don't even care anymore. 
Do what, do what you want with her. So this is where our story picks up. And the scriptures are going to be up there. I'm going to try to read through it, but, you know, I'm a little bit older, so watch it. I'll probably get lost. Genesis 16:7 says, The angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he says, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come and where are you going? She says, I am fleeing from my mistress, Sarah. The angel of the Lord says to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also says, I will surely multiply your offspring and they will not be numbered. Now, I was talking to Pastor Jeff the other day and he put this idea in my head that God probably saved her because she's in the wilderness, guys, and she's about ready to die. She's about ready to give up, right? So it was the year 2017 and I was doing the same job every single day of my life since 2002. That sounds bad, but it's really not that bad. So um, I went and I uh, went into the office and my boss at that time had um, told my coworkers, hey, we're gonna meet in classroom A. So we all move there, we all go. And she brings a plop of donuts in our face and says, your job is gonna be outsourced. And my other coworker said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did, did I hear you right? Your job is going to be outsourced? Our jobs? Why, like, what's going to happen? So after, she says, I cannot make any promises. I have no idea what's going to happen, but HR has been notified. So after that, all I heard, you know Charlie Brown? Wah, 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 wah. That's what I heard because I was in panic mode, people. I was like, okay, I did exactly what Hagar did. I ran as fast as I could out to my car, and I called my best friend. Well, I'm, I'm sure Hagar at that time didn't have it, but I did. Praise the Lord I had a best friend because I said, Beth, what am I going to do? How am I going to be able to support myself? What am I going to do about insurance? What am I going to do? I mean, I was just like my anxiety level was so high. And she says, whoa, 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 KK. What does the Bible say about this? And I said, the Bible says that I am the righteousness of God, that I am chosen, that I am, he delights in me, that he's gonna take care of me. When I hung up, I, I thought to myself, honestly, you guys, I can't tell you that I was like feeling all better about it, but I knew that God was gonna take care of me. Little did I know that I would be working in a job now, this is really important. If you don't get anything, get this. I have my own thermostat in my office. And how do you guys know that when you're a woman, hello, I've got a, yes, I've got a, you know, and like my friends come into my office, my boss comes in, it's like freezing cold. Well, I got my own office with a window and a thermostat. Little to, I mean, literally, I work with three wonderful people that care about me, that are out for my best interest, right? So you may be here and you may be thinking, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, KK. I'm, I hear what you're saying. You may be living your best life or you may be living your worst life. I'm here to tell you that God has got something so much in store for you that he is searching you out, he is chasing you down, and he wants to speak with you. He wants to be with you. So I'm gonna reread this promise again to you that Genesis 16, 7, Genesis 16, 13 says. Now I didn't read this for a purpose because when Hagar's in the wilderness and she's about ready to die, God meets her there. God meets her in the situation she's at. And 
You guys can put yourself in this scripture. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God of seeing. She said, truly, I have seen him, the one who looks after me. So she was dead and that she was alive because God was gonna take care of her. You guys, I wanna encourage you for the next few people that come up here, that you hear God's word today. You're here for a divine appointment, a divine appointment for you. So open your hearts and let God just speak to you today. Thank you guys for having me. You know what, this won't be the last time you hear me. I'm just saying, you know? So um, anyway, God bless you guys. What everybody think of KK? Wasn't she great? Let's go ahead and give her one more hand. So my name is Kaylin. I've been attending Renaissance since about 2013. And when they asked me, what do I think is that one thing that God is telling me about Renaissance? I said that I felt like he was speaking to me about joy. Now, it's not the way that most people would describe joy. It's not even the same way that I would have described it to you even 10 years ago. You see, this type of joy is unspeakable. It's unshakable and completely and utterly immovable. You see, that's because the solid rock that it sits on is Jesus, and it's not shifted by any emotion or circumstance. Now hear me. This type of joy is present in times of sadness and despair. It's there in the midst of a loss of a loved one. It's ever-present in every season of our life if we do what God has set in place for us. You see, the Lord has given us a sort of blueprint as to what our Christian walks ought to look like. Now, we're not going to see mere images of what we read in Scripture, but we ought to see some parallels. Today, we're going to be making a comparison between working for a bad boss or living outside of what God has planned for you, or living in darkness, if you will. You see, living in darkness simply means that the light of Christ isn't being shined on our life, so lots of things remain hidden or unseen. Have you ever worked for a bad boss? Now, no finger pointing, that's not what this is about. Instead, what I want you to do is think about what it was like to work for them and how it affected your knowledge and your performance on the job. You see, a good boss lays out all the rules, expectations, and procedures before an employee ever dives in and performs the work. Workplace rules, they can often seem obnoxious or hard to follow, but you see, these rules have been put in place for a reason. Rules have been set in place to keep us safe, focused, and on task. In the same way, the Lord has given us the Bible so that we would remain safe, focused on Him, and on task with our calling. I think most of us would agree that at one time or another we had issue with authority. That we had a boss that seemed unpleasable, or rather, we didn't even know what their expectations of us were. Well, I'd pose the question, did you ever ask what those expectations were? Did you ever take the time to sit down and read the manual or the job description? Or did you just plan on absorbing all that knowledge and know-how via osmosis? You see, I believe that our Christian walk and the fruit that we bear from it is ultimately based on our knowledge of His Word and how we apply it in our own life. Now, I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about heart knowledge. I'm talking about revelation from the Holy Spirit. 
You see, if that's you this morning and you're wondering, what is God's expectations of me and how can I get a better understanding of what that is? Well, I would suggest approaching the Lord in prayer, reading his word, his manual, if you will. Be intentional about prayer. Be intentional about worship. Seek the Lord daily. Continuous growth is a term often used in industry and education. It simply means that we never actually reach the peak of our knowledge or understanding and performance, so there's always room for improvement. In the same way, our Christian walks ought to be experiences of continuous growth. Now hear me. Continuous growth in your Christian walk is both evidence and a byproduct of unspeakable joy. In the book of Proverbs, we can read, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So what does that mean? It means if we're not standing on the promises of God, it's real easy to get lost in our own desires, which brings on temporal joy. Joy in this world, in this moment, or even for a season. But that type of joy fades with time. One of Jesus' closest friends, John, he tells us, all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but from the world. And that the world is passing away, and with it, its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Let's dig into that word abide a little bit. What does that actually mean? Well, it's defined as to remain stable or in a fixed state. Now hear me. When we abide in the word of God, the promises that he's given us in his word, we abide in unspeakable joy. I'll be the first one to admit that I found myself working for a bad boss, following after the ways of the world, abiding in my own flesh, listening too often to the voices of society, and even more often my own voice over the voice of God. You see, I'm the bad boss. I'm the one making all the bad decisions. I've got good news. It's the gospel. You no longer have to work for a bad boss. You no longer have to wear the, ch the chains of your past. I pose this question to you this morning. Will you accept what the Lord has freely given? You see, joy is a byproduct of faith. King David was a man of great faith. He knew what it was like to work for a good boss. In Psalm 23, he gives us a great and vivid description of what it looks like to experience the type of joy I want you guys to get a hold of this morning. I'm going to go ahead and read from Psalm 23. I think they're going to put the words up on the screen if you want to follow along. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup, it overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that a great picture that David paints for us about what unspeakable joy looks like, feels like, tastes like? The apostle Peter, he actually uses that term unspeakable joy in the KJV version. 
And he gives us some examples of how we too can live in it. So what is that one thing that God is telling me about Rin? He's telling me that he wants us all to experience true joy through him. And we do this by doing life his way, the way that he's laid out for us in his word. My name is Kalen. Thank you for your time this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm John Hockaday. I had to think about that for a second. So far, so good. Uh, I'm going to go back about nine months ago. I was with Jeff. I think Cheryl, my wife Cheryl, and Stacy, and, and Jeff, and I, we were together. And I said, hey, I'm, when I'm going up and down Oakland, I see this Decatur House of Prayer. And um, what's that about? Do you know what that's about? I was curious. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, that is, that's a really a pretty cool thing. In fact, some people in our church, the Robinsons, they, they kind of run it, manage it, I guess is the word. And uh, what they do there is they, they worship. They have a band that, that worships. And they read scripture and they pray. I said, Really? He goes, yeah, that's all they do. I said, no preaching, no preaching. Hmm. He goes, have you ever heard of the one in Kansas City? I said, no. He goes, well, it's the same. Worship, scripture, prayer, no, no preaching. But they've been doing it for 22 years in a row. Now listen to this, 24-7, around the clock. It's never stopped. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So I'm a, I'm a guy that doesn't sleep very good. So I'll, I'll, get, up, I'll get up early in the morning and, and you can pop that on. And there they are. They're worshiping the Lord and they're praying and they're reading scripture anytime, 24-7 for 22 years. It's, it's fantastic. Well, so I've kind of become a junkie on that. I, I watch it all the time. And uh, one scripture verse that is absolutely their go-to scripture verse. They read it over and over again as in Ephesians. And it's the first chapter of Ephesians. We're gonna read it here in a second. And so I've been thinking on that when Joe hit me up, um, you know, a couple months ago that if I'd, be, if I'd like to do this today. So that was kind of the, the verses in Ephesians 1 that were going through my mind. I said, yeah, I'll, be, I'll give it a whirl. And, um, you know, I got thinking about that and I thought, in Ephesians, Paul started that church, and he started it from zero, from just scratch, right? And they went, went to that town, preached the gospel, some people started coming, they became a church, they became a gathering, he stayed there for a few years, and then he, he moved on to start another church, and I got thinking about, that, that just kind of made me feel like Wren, like us, and Cheryl and I, we've been coming here for six years or so. We love it, just like you guys do. We love it. We love the, the worship. We love the pastors and the preaching and love everything about it. And so I, the similarities there, I thought, you know, when 
Paul is writing this book now in Ephesians back to this church. It's, they're more established. A few years have gone by. He's, he's there to, to encourage them. What's he really, you know, what's he saying to them? Like, you know, you're, you're more mature now. Really, they weren't having any problems. You know, there, there wasn't any corrections going on, anything like that. You would think now they're poised to kind of be launched into just a lot of activity or a lot, doing a lot of stuff. Kind of like maybe we look at us. If we've been, been together now 10 years and all the fantastic growth and changes and the space that we got here and we got people here and you think now we got 10 years on it, what's, what's next? Maybe we're really gonna just start doing a bunch of stuff, okay? So let's read this. This is Paul. And he's talking to these guys. So he says, this is verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Paul is saying, and I, I, I really, this is my heart for us. This is my one thing, is I'm not talking to you guys about doing stuff. I'm asking God that he would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you know God better, that you know Jesus better. It, it doesn't matter if you've been a Jesus follower for 40 years or you're just starting or if you're searching. Ask God to give you a revelation of Jesus, that you know him better. You can't know him unless he does that. It's got to be by the Spirit of God that he reveals his son to us. And, and Paul says, I'm asking. He says, no, I keep asking. And there's a difference. And the biggest difference example I can give you is grandkids. They ask, right? We've got five. But they keep asking. They keep asking. And, and just here in the last few weeks, I had a little episode. I can't even remember what I was doing, but I had one of them in front of me. And, and the oldest one is five. And he's saying, Papa, literally, Papa, Papa. Papa, Papa, and I'm, what? You know what? Finally, finally, whatever I do, like this kid's here in front of me. What do you want? Well, why does he do that? Because a couple things. He, he knows I got what he needs, or he, at least he thinks I do, and he's pretty sure I'm going to give it to him, right? So let me read this. This is so on the money. Same thing. This is Jesus talking. And he goes, um, this, is, this is in Luke. And I don't think it's up there because I didn't tell anybody about it. But this is, <laughs> this is Jesus talking, and this is real familiar. So he says, so I say to you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door is going to be open. Now here's the, here's the one right here. Which of you fathers... If your son asks 
for a fish will give him a, sta- a snake instead. Not a steak, a snake. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Would give him something terrible? If you then, that's us, who are evil, that's us, know how to give good gifts to your kids. Sorry. No, don't give me the awe because this could get ugly, so don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him so? That's it. It is good. It is good. Ask. Keep asking. Ask that God would reveal Jesus to you. It doesn't matter where you're at in this walk. It doesn't matter. That's, that's our ask, and that's what he wants. He loves to reveal his son, loves to do it, right? So I'm over. I'm going to pray, and we're, we'll keep moving here. Father, thank you. Thank you for just being unbelievably great, and thank you for the people here at Wren. Thank you for your magnificent son, What a savior. Help us to ask. Because we want to do it all ourselves and we can't. We can't do anything. Help us to ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Say this with me. Wow. Wow. Isn't that cool? Uh, uh, These aren't pastors. These aren't people who are are paid to teach from the Bible. These these aren't people on staff at a church. These are members of our body who are doing what the book of Ephesians says, when the body is working properly. Uh, The Bible, because it's a a spiritual book, it uses a lot of spiritual mysterious language. And and, and one of the the phrases or terms that it uses to describe the church is the body of Christ. It gives us this picture that Jesus is the head. He's the one from whom all of our our actions and, and thoughts flow. And the rest of us, we make up the parts of the body. And the book of Ephesians in chapter four says that when the body is working properly, it builds itself up. It doesn't say when the body is working properly, the pastor has all the answers. It doesn't say when the body is working properly that the the staff of the church does all the ministry of the church. It says when the body is working properly, it builds itself up. And that is what has happened today. And that is beautiful to me. I love the way that God loves to use anyone who's willing to say yes to him. Anyone who's willing to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And it doesn't matter if we have an education to back it up. It doesn't matter if we have a whole lot of experience to back it up. All he ever asks us to do is just obey him. And what a beautiful thing we've seen today. Now, we got three different messages. And our hope is that 
uh, with each one that some of you will have needed what each one said. Some of you will have needed what all of them said, but, but, but what KK said about knowing that God has, is always looking after us, for some of you, that really grabbed a hold of your heart. And you said, yes, I needed to know that, that God is always looking after me. What, what Kaylin reminded us that, that there is joy available just by knowing Jesus. We needed to know that. Some of us needed to hear that it's not dependent on the things that we do. It's not happiness. It's joy that comes from God, and some of us needed to be reminded that, that the constant and continual call by the Holy Spirit to us is that we just know Jesus better. We can work real hard to get real busy trying to do all the things to please him, but the Bible says we just need to know him better. And what a wonderful thing God has done by speaking to us through them today. Now, it is really easy for us to come in and appreciate uh, what they've done in the uh, seven to 10 minutes that they shared. It's really easy for us to go, wow, that person is amazing, and they all are, but know this, this isn't a talent show. This isn't, we, we, we didn't, we didn't uh, think and pray and, and ask God, like, who, who are the most gifted people that we know will come and they'll just do a good job talking? We wanted to find people that God might actually have something in their heart to speak to us. And then from there, practically going six weeks back, almost once a week for each of them, they came up on this stage on a Tuesday put a microphone on, we turned the lights on, we put a timer on the screen, and they preached to Pastor Jeff, Pastor Josh, and myself. If you think doing it to a room full of people is scary, try doing it to three people staring at you with a notepad. <laughs> Who, when you're done, say, that was really great, but what if you said this there? Or what if you did that? And, and I say all that to say this. We can leave here today appreciating that that God has spoken to us. But I also want us to, to pause and appreciate all of the hard work that they've done to be able to communicate to us in a way that actually engages us. Because they each had something to say, but it's not always easy for us to pay attention. And they've worked very hard to help us pay attention and hear. So we're really thankful that, that they would do that. I'm, clap, I'm not trying to tap the microphone. So thank you for applauding them. That's really special, what they were willing to do. So, so our hope in all of this is that, it, apart from what we heard in their messages, that, that two things might happen for us here today who, who are the members of the church, that some of you might hear that and say, maybe I could do that today, well, someday, not today. No, one's, no one else is coming up today, so you don't get to do that. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could do that someday. Maybe God could use me to speak to the church the way that he used them to do it. Because here's the reality. Each one of us has a story that God has been using to shape our lives. Each message that they shared today is part of a story. They've earned this message through things that they've gone through. They've earned this message through their experience and their history with Jesus. Each one of us has that same kind of thing. So our hope is that all of us would be able to say, I could do that someday too. And secondarily, it's to be able to help us identify that, that people in the church 
not just the staff and leaders of the church, but, but those of us who are followers of Jesus in the church, we all have something to give. We all have just an important role in the body that Pastor Jeff does, that Pastor Josh does, that, that TJ does as he leads worship. Our jobs just look different, but we all have something to give. And when the body is working properly, when we get a good diagnosis from the doctor, everything looks good. When the body's working properly, this is what it looks like. We're building one another up because God has set it up in such a way that we need each other completely. We can't know Jesus fully without each other because we're all the body. If we want to know him fully, we've got to have a full expression of his body. Would you pray with me as we begin to take some time to to ponder what God has spoken to us today through KK and Kaylin and John, and and we ask him to to help us to, Lord, help us to to do what you've spoken to us today, whether whether it be to depend on you in a a more complete way, because we know that you're looking after us no matter what, that, that you would help us to open up our ears and listen closely for those times when you're speaking to us. Sometimes that's all we need is just to hear that you've spoken to us, to remember that you're looking after us. You've been paying attention to us. Lord, whether there are some of us who have been depending on the things that happen to us as to whether or not we can experience true joy. Lord, for for those of us who are, are feeling like that, I pray that we would just embrace your son, Jesus, who you've given to us, whose, whose Holy Spirit fills us with your joy. Lord, I pray for those of us who have been tempted to think that we're not measuring up to what you need us to do, that we would remember that what you really want from us is just that we know you better. You just want relationship. You love us so much, you don't look at our works, you just look at who we are in your son, Jesus, because you're a good father who loves us. Lord, I thank you for the way that you've spoken to us today. And I pray that you will lead us as we begin to turn our our thoughts and our focus and our attention to you again during this time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you. 